In Luke, the 19th chapter, we have the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And I want you to notice here that it was in a spirit of praise that he was being ushered in. And it was the result of this that Jesus not only was offering himself as the Messiah, the promised Messiah, the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world, but there were some things that Jesus said that are very important for us this morning. In the ministry of worship, as we do the same thing as was happening that day, as we face our obstacles with worship, and we let our lives be carried with worship, these things do not become a roadblock. They are only there by Satan's intent to hinder us, but worship takes us on through. Listen to this for just a little bit. Jesus faced insurmountable objects that were in his way. He didn't let them stop him. He dealt with them as they went. It was worship that carried him in to this ministry. You cannot lose being a worshiper. And when you refuse to let your worship be stolen from you, when you refuse to be denied that privilege to worship him, there is something that the spirit of worship carries you through on. It enables you to obtain unobtainable goals. It enables you to face things that are saying you're a failure. God doesn't answer prayer. It enables you to face those temptations that we all have to get mad at God or to hold grudges against people. It enables you to push those things aside and keep pressing through. I like to think of worship like the old Minnesota Vikings front line. How many of you remember the old days when the Vikings used to have a terrible front line? Man, those guys were something. And they'd punch through and help that quarterback to find a hole. Worship punches through. No matter how you feel, and Jesus had feelings. Jesus knew what was ahead. He knew that the cross was shortly going to be experienced. He knew the suffering that he would go through. And you can easily say, well, that was Jesus. The Bible says he was tempted in all manner like as we are. He felt everything in the way of human emotion about what was ahead of him and more than what you feel. And you might say, well, that was the Son of God. Yes, but he was incarnate in human flesh. Satan, at every opportunity he could find, 
tried to give Jesus the option of turning away from the cross. He tried to give him the option of smoothing out the path. And Jesus didn't bite. He didn't take the bait. He continued going right straight through. Worship in this story brought Jesus, and you, you know the story, the worshipers were praising him and shouting all kinds of things, uh, uh, exalting him and expecting him to uh, become the king. And Jesus let them shout. And some said, you need to quiet these people down. They're too noisy. And he said, if they praise me not, the very rocks will cry out. But he said three very important things that day besides allowing himself to be presented as the Messiah. And the first one is in verse 30 of Luke 19 where he said to two of his disciples, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it. I want to challenge you this morning in the spirit of worship to recognize that there is a voice that the Lord wants to put in you. There's a voice that he wants you to hear. There is something that you today can do that he needs. Ask yourself, well, I guess we should say he doesn't need another colt. But there are things today that he does need that only you can furnish. And I'm not talking about money. Of course, that's something that you can add to this. But there's something that only you can do. And only his spirit can say to you what it is. And it comes to you by his spirit speaking in your spirit. And a lot of Christians miss the adventure they miss the joyous opportunity of working in tandem with him and pleasing the Lord by doing the very thing that he needs at the time. And there are ample illustrations throughout the New Testament of different individuals who heard the Lord, who were led by the Lord. And it's the same Lord today that wants to lead his people these New Testament stories are more than stories. They're examples to us of how the Holy Spirit wants to lead his people, how he wants to speak in our hearts and quicken and bring alive his church. He wants to cause his church to rise up to be as he describes it, holy, 
without spot or wrinkle. A glorious church. Glorious. Do you think of yourself that way? He does. And he sees in you the potential of accomplishing wonderful things. We so often sell ourselves short of what we are capable of. And Jesus said to these two disciples, this is what I need. Go get it. If anybody says anything to you, this is what to say. And they brought it back because that was an element that had to be there for him to adequately fulfill a prophecy. And sometimes we don't really see how important we are in the kingdom of God. We don't recognize that the part that we're to play is much greater than just keeping a pew warm. The important thing is what happens outside of here. I want to stir you up to, to get busy outside of here because the kingdom that we belong to is a dynamic, supernatural, all-powerful, unconquerable force that this world cannot handle. What you belong to is a kingdom that is God's. And he wants to empower us. He wants to equip us to do his work. Every one of us have a part to play. There is no one, not a single person that is here today that God cannot use. And you don't measure yourself by others and what they're doing. You measure yourself by what the Spirit of God is saying in your spirit. We need to awaken that voice. And he doesn't make you go out and do crazy, wild, stupid things. Don't look for a badge to wear and say, I'm a prophet. You know, or uh, I'm somebody important. You know, you get puffed up with pride and you're useless. And sure enough, God will send somebody along with a long hat pin. And just like a balloon full of air, it just goes plop. And there are lots of people that are very well educated that have had that experience and had to learn the hard way that pride and ego are not a necessary element to be used of God. What is necessary is a humble heart, a willingness to be used, a hunger to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Of the seven churches of Revelation, one theme runs through all of them. One single line runs through every word that God gave to them. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I want to challenge you this morning to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. 
don't go away from here this morning the same person you were when you came in. Get on the route of worship and let Jesus by his spirit show you what he wants you to do. Second thing, go over to verse 44 in the same chapter. And Jesus is talking about what was going to happen because, it says, you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to help us to be up with the time. God has a time clock that is like nothing else in this world. And there are lots of people who try to figure out God's going to do this right here and he's going to do this over here. Forget that. The clock that he wants you to be on is what he's doing right now that he wants you to do. Don't get all agog with all these prophets going around saying the world is coming to an end. Run for the hills, the dam is bust, you know, that kind of thing. Get on God's time clock. Listen to what he's saying. He'll prepare you. If the economy of the United States should collapse, <clears throat> he has an answer for you. He'll show you. If everything should be taken away, God's people will still make it who listen to his spirit. He wants us to be plugged in with him. The third thing, you get down to verse 46, and he says, it is written, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Or the King James Version says thieves. How easy it is for us who are now his house. The word says he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, but he dwells in our hearts. The Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost came and the 120 that were waiting for Jesus in the upper room received the spirit that used to hover in the Holy of Holies over the the Ark of the Covenant over the holy place. When Jesus said it is finished, the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the outer court was torn apart from top to bottom, indicating it was the hand of God that did it. What Jesus provided for us because he went the whole route was that we might have access without anyone in between into the presence of God. And my brother and sister this morning, when you think about what you have available to you, when you think about what Jesus did, 
When you think about the three words that he gave here at that time, think about how important you are to him, how much he loves you, how much he wants to speak his word in your heart and help you to find answers for the things you're facing. And maybe you're not, maybe you don't think you're facing anything serious right now. These days are troublous days. And if it hasn't struck you yet, it will, what's coming. I don't want to scare anybody, but I do want to challenge you to recognize that we're not living in times when you can, you're getting on board with, for a free ride. Being a believer that walks in victory is his objective in each of our lives. Don't let yourself be soul short. Don't take Satan's compromise to just kind of sit back and just be religious and coast. Press in. Get into the worship and praise path of Jesus and let Jesus show you how to push through and make it. Let him show you the path that he has for you. And I'll tell you, there's nothing that has ever, ever satisfied me more or as much as the sense of being used by the Holy Spirit to bless someone, to accomplish something, to be used of God, that sense of partnering with him and of knowing that I have let him use me and together he and I have accomplished something. Ah, I'll tell you, it is better than anything I've ever tasted or experienced. And I want to keep experiencing that. I'm having the best time of my life in anointing and in preaching the word because I know that I know that I know when he speaks, that's all that's important. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Lord, I've done the best that I could to say the word that you put in me. You said that the word will not return void. And so I have confidence, Lord, that there's some milestones that are being accomplished this morning in, in lives all over this church. There's some that have, I hope, many of us, I hope most of us, all of us. And I know that there are some that have heard in their spirit a word that spoke to them where they're at. And I pray, Lord, for grace, for strength, for faith to rise 
Oh, yes, for faith to rise and to strengthen the feeble knees and the trembling hands, to strengthen, Lord, hearts that have been discouraged, to give answers to minds that are searching for the right way. Oh, God, confirm it to hearts. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I want to do one more thing, and I'm through. And that is, if there's some of you that feel like you need to make a fresh surrender of your life to Christ, or maybe you've never ever surrendered your life to Christ, but you have sensed that indescribable drawing of the Holy Spirit saying, you need to make a move. Saying that God is speaking to your heart. You feel conviction. Don't leave here without having, so to speak, having signed a new contract with him. And you do so by the surrender of your heart and will to what he's saying to you. I pray that God will confirm this word this morning to every heart. As the worship team leads us in another song, I want to ask you to stand with me. And any of you that feel like you need to come forward for prayer, please feel free to do so. And the Lord bless you as you come. <laughs>